Well, good morning. We have a special treat for you guys today. As you can tell, I'm not Pastor Chris. I have more hair, um, and also I'm a female, so um, just in case you didn't notice. Uh, So um, today I have the privilege of introducing and interviewing um, someone who um, is from a place who is very dear to my heart. Um, As many of you know, in August, my husband Josh and I went to Thailand. Uh, We were able to um, go on a short-term mission there, and we went through Envision. And so today we have um, our friends and the Envision missionaries um, who are from Thailand here today. And so Thule is actually going to come up. And yeah, you can come up now. Yeah, you're good. (laughs) And um, he's actually going to talk to us a little bit about Thailand um, himself, his ministry that they're doing there, and um, so I'm really excited. Me too. I'm stoked. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> All right, so before I start asking you intense questions, do yeah. you want to just tell us a little about yourself? Uh, first of all, I'm not Thai, so don't be confused with that. Um, I'm, I'm Asian, and you guys can figure whatever that is. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, man, I'm just so stoked to be here. When you guys started singing, man, you guys are so blessed to have some awesome worship people. Wow. You started singing, and I was like, at first I was like praying before. I was like, God, I just want to worship you. And then uh, your pastor, uh, Pastor Jason, sung. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. (laughs) And then I watched him, and the crew up here, and the drummer, and you guys are just worshiping God. So I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, Then it was just amazing. So thank you for even blessing me with that. It's so good just to worship with other believers. So good, so good. Yeah. All right, so tell us about yourself a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. about myself. Uh, sorry. Uh, I'm, uh, what about me? I'm married to a beautiful woman right in the front seat, right here. Tank, stand up. Please showcase your beauty. Um, I have two wonderful kids, uh, Abraham and Selah. And uh, they're, Abraham's four and Sailor's three. And they're in the pet shop right now. I love that, by the way. Um, and we've been in Thailand for a little over three years, but four summers. So, uh, yeah. Awesome. Okay, so my first question for you is, um, tell us a little bit about, like, your background with Thailand. How did you end up deciding to do ministry there? Oh, man. Um, honestly, I just... I was just chasing after God, and He led me there. Um, and the whole story behind that was, uh, so when I was 18, you know, I, I grew up in a Lions church, and I, I loved the Lions. And but one thing that you know, nothing against this church, but they weren't, they they didn't provide any opportunities to do short-term missions. And so there's a church down the street, and the year before that, my cousin went to Thailand. She came back. She was super pumped up about Thailand. And I was like, why didn't you tell me? You know, why didn't you tell me that there was an opportunity? I wanted to go. She's like, I didn't know. And so I was like, next year, you better tell me. And so the next year came around and she's like, hey, this church is offering a short-term missions. Why don't you come with me? And why don't you go and interview and see if you can get in? And so I went and honestly, guys, man, I wish I had like a like a strong reason to go overseas, like, oh, I wanted to save the loss, I wanted to do this. It was just, I came from a town of 2,000 people, 
and I just wanted to get out. So, um, but you never know what God does in your life. So honestly, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to get out, and and I went with her on this trip to Thailand, and um, we went up to Chiang Mai, northern Thailand, worked with these kids, these orphans, and I just fell in love with them. This desire to love them, to care for them. And after I came back home, there was these two things that kind of stuck around. One was, who will go and love them if you don't? Who will go? And I thought, you know, I'm just going to be super excited for a while, super pumped up. Then all of a sudden, but that never died. And my mom was an orphan. She grew up as an orphan at the age of 12. And so my mom always said this to me. She said, I'm too old. I can't go, but I'm going to send you. So you go. And so with the backing of my mom and this burning passion to go, it just kind of stuck with me. And uh, so I decided, hey, I'm going to pursue ministry. Um, I was going to go into youth ministry, but God just kind of changed it. So I decided to go into missions. I started... Um, studying about cultures. Um, honestly, I didn't want to go back to Thailand. Because I was like, all these Hmong missionaries, okay, the secret thought, I'm Hmong, okay. But all the, all the Hmong missionaries in the lines were going back to Thailand. I said, God, send me to Africa. Send me somewhere else. I don't want to be the stereotypical Hmong missionary. And uh, I signed up for this, to be a mission leader. And the professor's like, hey, I think you should go to Thailand. I was like, all right, let me think about that. <laughs> and so, you know, through prayer, and it just kind of led to that. And um, my wife, my girlfriend at that time, gave me this devotional book. And at the, the back of every day, it said, uh, pray that God would use your summer to do missions. And I only got past day one, by the way. I didn't actually go further than that. But that prayer just stuck with me. And I just said, God, I have this summer. I'm a student. Use this summer. Just send me overseas. Just use me. And every summer after that, I just kept on going overseas. One summer, I tried running away from Thailand. And I said, I've done Thailand three times. I'm going to China. Somehow we have this layover we're stuck in Thailand for two days. Go to China. Come back to Thailand for another two days. After that, I was like, God, okay, I give up. All right, I got you. I, I get the point. I'm going to start focusing, studying on Buddhism, studying Thai culture, and we'll go. And But through that, God just kept on working in my heart over all these years. And I remember in college, a professor came. And after he spoke... We had coffee with him, and I said, what would you tell yourself at this age, at my age, when you're in college, what would you tell yourself? And he said, pray for a deep, deep love for the loss. And so I was like, all right, I'll just start praying then. And so every day I just put that in my prayer journal. I just just kept on praying for a heart for the loss. And now when I look back at my life, I was like, oh, I see what God was doing. You know, because this heart for the lost has led us to Thailand to to do crazy things, to be with people that we would never have imagined that we would be with. And so it wasn't just like overnight that this happened, but it was like, I asked to love the lost, but he gave me his heart. 
the heart of the shepherd to go after these people. To really chase after them. And so like, um, yeah, even if you told me to, to sit still, like I can't. I wouldn't be like, my wife knows. Right when I enter someplace, I'm always like, okay, who can I talk to? Who can I, what's going on? This guy's hurt. How can I love on him? How can I? And I think back to it, it's not even my heart. It's God's heart because like what I just said, my heart was just to go explore. But God gave me something else, something more beautiful than I could have ever imagined. So that's the thing that kind of pushed me and kept me going. And uh, the other thing was just like, I was just in love with God. And so I was like, God, if this is a way that I can obey you, and you're putting this on my heart, then I'm going to go. And um, the whole part about Envision, uh, we actually signed up. Um, so, okay, so I graduated from college. I'm working at Crown College. It's a Lion school. My wife is finishing up her degree. And I was like, God, just send me out. I'm with a bunch of Christians. I love that. But God, my heart is burning Send me out. And we're, we signed up to work for a church in Omaha to intern for them. And then I get this phone call. And it's my Envision boss. He says, hey, you want to dream with me? It's scary, man. I was like, dude, <laughs> I'm like broke. I have loans. My wife is pregnant. And you just want me to dream with you with no salary, no housing, no nothing? And so I was like, all right, let me listen. And I just, he's like, dream with me. We want to start an Envision site in Bangkok. We want to mobilize young people for kingdom change. We want you to be with lost people. And this is my dream. I love mobilizing people for the kingdom. And I want to reach people for the lost. And so I was so pumped up about it. And um, my wife was excited about it too. But she already kind of had her heart set on being in Omaha. It was closer to Kansas where she could do like girlfriend stuff with her sisters. And you know. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to try to persuade her. God, you have to. Or else we're going to be over there when times get tough. She's going to be, you're the one that took me here. And I was like, I don't want to have that conversation. And so God saved me. And so I love to persuade people. And man, it was the toughest month in my life. I just had to keep my mouth shut. And I just had to pray. Say, God, you have to do work or else we're not going. And um, one night, I was, I was laying in bed and we were praying for a name for our son at that time. I was like, God, give us a name that will fit him. You already know his name. Just reveal that to us. And I was praying. I was also like, God, should we go right now? Is this the time, the right timing? To go, or should we go and network in a church and then go later? God, what, what do you want us to do? We just want to obey you. And I just felt like it was one of those moments. God was just like, call him Abraham. So I get up and I turn to the Bible. I was like, where's Abraham? Go to Genesis 12:1. It says, leave your family, go to this land that I will show you. And I was like, this is it, God. So I wake up my wife. I was like, hey, 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 check this out, check this out. I read it to her, and she's like, all right, that's it. And I was like, all right, that's cool. And then so I call my boss. I was like, all right, we want the final meeting. We want to pursue this dream with you. And so we meet them up at a coffee shop. They flew in from Colorado to meet us in, in Minneapolis. And I was like, Tang, 
all we want to do is just be with the lost. And if they want us to do something else, then we have to say no. We go sit in there in the coffee shop, talk to them for two hours. Man, but all they kind of said was, we just want you to be with the lost. We want you to go to church, but knowing you, you might just get stuck into the church ministry and you might not be with the lost as much anymore. So we want you to go to church, but if that's going to hinder you from being with the lost, then don't get connected. But be connected. And But over and over, he just said, be with the lost, be with the lost, be with the lost, start your own church, do something, be with the lost, build, build. And I walked out of that coffee shop, my wife was like, yep, we're going. And I freaked out. My whole dream and everything came down to that point. I was like, we're going to go. And I was like, God, you want us to go? And so we just started on this journey and went. And we've been there for about three, you know, three and a half years walking around. God, what do you want us to do? You've been working here way before we did. How do we get involved with what you're doing? And a part of what we do with short-term missions and interns and everything is like when I find Christians and non-Christians, I just invite them into that journey. I said, we're here seeking after God. And we're trying to figure out what He's doing and we just want to be a part of it. So whether you come here for about two weeks, ride the wave with us. You come and you figure out what He wants you to do in these two weeks. And you slowly move people closer to Jesus. And so we've been doing that and it's been fun. Every day is different. And so, yeah, I kind of shared like way too many things. But, no, you're yeah. totally fine. <laughs> you're good. You're doing good. Okay, so um, my next question then is tell us a little bit about like the demographics and culture of Thailand so we can sort of understand um, the area that you're ministering at. Okay. Yeah, um, Thailand is, uh, they're mainly Asians. <laughs> they're, uh, yeah, it's strange, right? It's, uh, but they're mainly Asians. They say there's 11 million and growing, but honestly, man, when I walk in Bangkok, I just see a ton of people. There's just a ton and ton of people. I don't even know what 11 million looks like, but there's tons of people everywhere. Every mall is packed. Um, and so uh, the Bangkok's the biggest city in Thailand, and then you have Chiang Mai, which is second to that, but it's a big change. you got like big skyscrapers in the city of Bangkok. You go out to Chiang Mai, it's like a little more like a little suburb kind of area out in the jungles kind of feel. And so we're based right in the heart of Bangkok. Um, it's very international in a sense. You got a lot of people working in Bangkok. So you're meeting a lot of foreigners. Um, the religious demographics is uh, there's still a high percentage in Buddhism and the Muslim and Hinduism, Christianity is like one or two percent. And we found that this one and two percent is actually just within the hill tribe people. So all the hill tribes are being reached. It's the city people, it's the Thai Thai people that live in the cities that aren't being reached. And so um, it's I'm so blessed that we've been called to sit in the city of Bangkok and to be in that hub. And just wherever we're going, you know, you're a light in the darkness. Whether you're sitting in a coffee shop, you're going to a local 7-Eleven grocery store, you're bumping into people and you look different because you have the light of Christ and you, you smell different whether you believe it or not in a good way, the light of, the smell of Christ. 
And it is kind of sweaty, so yeah, it gets hot. But then... Um, everybody smells a little. Yeah, everybody smells a little. But you're just different. Whether you are walking around, you think like, oh, I'm just like everybody else, I blend in. But people notice you. And so it's just uh, fun to be a part of that, and it gives me a stronger burning desire to reach these city people because they're not being reached right now. You know? They always say a Thai's heart is like a, it's like a durian. It's really hard on the outside. Can you explain what a durian is? A durian is like the smelliest fruit ever. <laughs> and, but people love it and people hate it. But it's like this, uh, tropical fruit, but it's really hard on the outside. But you gotta find the right seam, and once you slice it, it just cracks open perfectly. So if you're trying to just chop at it, you can and like mess up your, your knife, your sword, whatever you're using. But if you patiently just look and cut through the seam, it cracks open. And so one of the Thai pastors shared that with me. And he said, this is like a Thai's heart. They're very, say, they're like, yeah, 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 you can believe in Christianity. All religions are good because they teach you to be good. Yeah, do what you got to do. And you can talk to them and they'll act like they're open, but their hearts are really hard and shut off. And I've learned you have to be more humble than they are. You have to be more gentle than they are. You have to be smoother than they are. And then once you do that, they start seeing that, oh man, there's something different about this person. Then their heart starts to open. And they start to question. And then you start to tell them about Jesus. And that kind of like gentleness, that kind of faithfulness to these people, that kind of love, is not a love that we can do. It's only through Christ that that can happen. And that takes... All I, all I do and all I try to do with people that come through is... We need to surrender to the Holy Spirit. Let Him work through you. It's the most freeing thing ever. When you try not to do anything, but you just let God do everything. Right. Yeah. So, um, how does your ministry kind of work? Um, can you explain to us your ministry model a little bit? Yeah, um... So if you guys kind of think about a stoplight illustration, it kind of shows our heartbeat. Um, the green light is the big heart of Envision. We want to mobilize people. And their focus is on young adults. And so we want to mobilize young adults locally, like as in like the U.S. and abroad, like in Thailand. So I want to take... Short-term people, I want to take interns. When they come in, I want them to learn the principles of what it means to walk with God, to know Him in the mind, to know Him in the heart, and to experience Him, to trust in His Holy Spirit. Because those principles, you can take them anywhere. You can come back to the States and use those kind of principles. Um, and so I want to mobilize and just keep on pushing people to go after God and go after people. Um, and as we lead people to Christ in Bangkok, I want to mobilize them. And raise them up and say, hey, it's not about just you. You have Jesus, but what about them? Go. And so, um, that's a big piece of our heart. The yellow light is, this is a big city. See, we, we just want to help people pause and get to know God. You know, we're always on the run. We're always doing something. And we need to just pause and slowly yield to Him and walk with Him. And say, hey... We don't need to be in such a hurry. Let's just walk with you and grow with you. And so what we try to do is, in that yellow light, we outreach to young adults, we outreach to university students. We're based right 
on um, the oldest campus in Thailand. It's called Chula. And it's actually the Harvard, it's kind of like the Harvard of Thailand. So it's like the brightest minds of Thailand. These guys are going to be the ones that's going to change the country of Thailand. These are the leaders of Thailand. And so we get to be a part of that. And how we reach them is through, we partner with a coffee shop, and uh, they gave us a section to run English Corner. So it's pretty much a real chill time where we just invite people, hey, if you want to practice English, come in here. We'll play games. It's an easy way to connect with people. I love what you guys are doing here. We want to connect with people. And that's all we do. We use English as a way to connect. We don't even talk about Jesus during that time. It's just to connect and we say, hey, come hang out, out with us tomorrow. Come hang out with us the next day. And we just start hanging out with them. And we say, hey, if you want to be really good at English, you just come live with us. And as you live life with us, you're using English all the time. And pretty soon, we're hanging out with them all the time. And then on Wednesday nights, we have a small group. We call, them, uh, we call it the deeper life together. We want to grow deeper in love with Jesus together as a community, as a family. So these small groups, we call them family groups. It's just like when you're at home, dad decides to pull out the Bible and say, Hey, let's just sit around the table. Let's talk about Jesus. You know, how's your week? How's your day? You know, how is school today? And we just kind of create that kind of atmosphere where Christians are walking together, non-Christians get to come and share their life and be encouraged um, and just learn about God. And so that's our small group, our family group ministry stuff. Um, and then out of that, a red light. We want people to serve in the hard places of the city with the emphasis in the red light district. We've always had a heart to do something there. We're still figuring out what that is, but we just know that there has to be something with mothers and children. And we're praying for that. We're like, God, where do you want us to go with this? Right now, we're just ministering to two deaf prostitutes. And it's amazing how God even led us to meet with them. And we don't know a lot of Thai, and they don't know how to speak. And so we're just, I'm just figuring out what to do, just using hands. We invite them over to our house. We do birthday parties with them and just living life with them and reminding them that there's people out there that just love you for who you are and want nothing from you. And it's just the same kind of love, this love that God gives us to just love people. And you know, when He loved us, He didn't, oh, you have to do this for me, you have to do that. No, He just embraced us. His love just overwhelmed us and it continues to overwhelm us. And so we're just trying to imitate that kind of same love to these people that we meet. Yeah. So um, that kind of leads me into my next question anyways. Uh, um, can you give us some more examples of the people that you're ministering to? Because I know that you're ministering to Christians and you're kind of helping disciple them and teach them yeah. and bring them into leaders. But I know that you also have the other spectrum where you have a lot of uh, non-Christians who are even coming to small group and things like that. Mm-hmm. Can you give us some examples of... Um, who you're ministering to and what that ministry looks like. Yeah. Um, it's quite interesting. Um, I'll start out, I'll show you kind of a story in like the green, the yellow, and the red. The green, when we, we mobilize people, man, I'm, I love it. Because you meet these people, you don't know what their history is, and they come there, and a lot of times people come with this expectation to do something big. They want to come, I want to save a thousand people by the end of the week so I can go home and tell everybody this awesome story. 
You know? And usually at the end of the week, if that doesn't happen, they're like, I failed, God. I failed. And they walk away defeated. And I was wrestling with that. I was like, God, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. This isn't the way it is. People are being lied to all the time. And so when people come, I try to break down all those stories, those desires, those expectations. And I say, your main goal here is to fall in love with God. And you obey Him. When He puts it on your heart to talk to someone, to say something, just obey Him. And I'm just trusting in the Holy Spirit. And so if you trust the Holy Spirit, we're on the same page. So I can trust that you're going to do mighty work because you have the same Holy Spirit that I do. And so I just encourage them to be a part of that. And actually, um, our first main disciple came through a short-term team. And it was like a team of three people. And uh, we were at this uh, pizza place. And this girl came and ate with us through English Corner. She's eating with us. And she's a freshman in college. And she's talking to these this team. She's like, you know, I'm studying economics. What are you studying? And the guy's like, hey, I'm going to go home and I'm going to go to Bible college. She's like, what? The Bible? I want to know more about the Bible. And so he kind of freaked out and because, um, you know, you just don't expect those things. And so he came and he told me about it. We were like jumping for joy. And so I started finding out about this girl and I found out that two years ago, um, she was reading a book about conversations with God. And at the end of that book, it presented the gospel and she invited Christ into her life. But she had no idea what she just did. You know, she knew that there should be like a church or something, but she didn't know any church. She wanted to find other believers, but she couldn't. She heard about the Bible. She wanted the Bible, but she went to the bookstores, couldn't find the Bible. And she was longing for this. And when we met her, she started sharing the story with us. And I was like, you've been longing for the Bible for two years? And so what happened was I went right away. I went to the, a little Christian bookstore. I found a Bible. And I bought it for her, and we met up that night, and I just said, here you go, you have it, right here. And she took it, and she just started crying. I was so convicted. I walked away that night, I was like, God, I am so sorry that I don't embrace your word. I don't long for your word like that. And I I couldn't believe it, because I thought, maybe in the jungle they might not have access to the Bible. But this girl was a city girl, and she had no access and I just thank God that I was a part of even that journey with her. And it all came through a short-term team. Without that team being there, they wouldn't have had those conversations. You know, and so I'm so thankful for these teams. And, and as I watch and I follow these three that kind of experienced this, they walked home and he's like almost done with his Bible degree. And they're on fire for the Lord. Um, so that's just a little short story, but... When the teams come, man, you guys build so much momentum. And you guys are able to invest in so many lives. And you guys, like what I try to do is, is team evangelism. Um, and so we, my whole goal is how do we paint a picture of their heart right now? So as when we and then we're there, I was like, go out there, talk to people. I'm going to give you up to date. This person is not a Christian yet. I've had 
these kind of conversations with them. So they're at this point. You go and figure out what God's doing in their lives. So they're talking to these people and they're coming back. Wow, this is happening right now. Here's a window of opportunity for us to speak truth into our life. So we go and we speak truth. And we're slowly moving them. And my hope is that when people come, they'll experience the whole transformation from this person who was dead, made alive through Christ. You know, but sometimes we don't get to do that. But the beauty of that is we're on this journey with them. So maybe if you think about a scale of 0 to 100, 100 being Jesus, this is our whole philosophy. We maybe meet someone who's at like a 10. Super against Christianity, but through just months of hanging out with them, they've seen the love of Christ, so their hearts are opening up. So they're at a 15, all of a sudden, you, a short-term team comes, they meet this person at a 15, they start building them up. They're like, whoa, these guys are different. Their hearts are more open, they're at a 25. All of a sudden, another team comes, builds on that, builds on that. By the time they're done, maybe a team will get to see the whole transformation happen. And then that happens then we invite them into our small groups, we disciple them, we walk with them. And I look at, at Christ and how He walked with the disciples. It took time. I wish we could just pump people out, like, take this class, you're good, man, you're set to go. But we come with baggage, you know, and so we have to work through that. And we just have to, you know, in the kingdom, we just don't do that kind of stuff anymore. And just walking with them and... It's been three years and I've seen the beauty of even that discipleship style. It took so much time, but this girl that we've been discipling, the one that just embraced the Bible, she is so solid now. The way that she outreaches to people, when people come up to her and like question her faith, she's ready to share, but with gentleness and with love. And so you guys have met her. and So that's our kind of yellow light, green light, yellow and then with the red lights, these deaf girls, you know, I, I walked in there and I said, I'm okay, because I'm a guy. All the red light ministries, they say, don't send guys in there, because of temptation. You know, I was like, I understand that, and I'm not going to go in. But one time, God sent a team to film, to do a documentary, and I was hosting them, so I had to go in with them. And we're walking through, and we just met up with this girl. And we went in with a Thai girl that outreaches in there all the time. And so we go in there. We meet these these girls, these deaf girls. Man, they looked like they were 16. And it broke my heart because I was like, not only they're so young, but also they're, they're, they're having... This, they have disabilities. Whatever happens if something happens to them, they can't even tell people about it. You know, and so God just put it on my heart to go after these girls and just to care for them. And so through just talking to them, building relationships, I found that the whole philosophy that I was doing with the university students, it could happen in the red light. In the university, I was meeting these kids in the coffee shop and then I was inviting them into my home, into my community. And so pretty soon, I wasn't even meeting them on campus anymore. They're always over at our house. And I was like, wow, this whole thing happened with the red light. 
We're meeting people in the red light, but all of a sudden we're hanging out, we're watching movies, we're going bowling, we're inviting them to our birthday parties, we're doing that. All of a sudden we don't even have to go in there anymore. But they're always coming over to our house. And so it was just a neat way of how God opened our eyes to see that. And I was telling Josh when when I took them down there, I said, we have to pray for the eyes and the heart of the Father. So that we can see these girls just as if they were our daughters. And to see these guys that are in there, not with hatred, but with love like sons. Why are you out there? Why are you messing up with your life? And so just going in that with that kind of love. And for the f- two weeks after I met these girls, I couldn't go to sleep. Because they typically work till 2 or 3 in the morning. And I was up all night just texting them. Hey, how are you doing? Are you okay? Are you okay? Hey, how are you doing? How are you doing? Because I was like, if my daughter was out there, I would do more than this. And so I just couldn't go to sleep for a couple of weeks. I was so drained. And God was just like, I'm their Heavenly Father. I will rescue them. But you just continue to love them and care for them. Yeah. And so that's a little, some snapshots into my life. Yeah. Um, I also noticed, you know, we went into Pat Pong while we were there, and that's the time that Tuli's referring to. And when we went in there and we were um, telling people in Thai, you know, that Jesus loves them, that they had, like, they had already heard it. They've, they already knew it. And so the look on their face, like, I know Jesus. Like, I know that name. Mm. And so Jesus is being proclaimed in, in the red light districts. Yeah. Um, through people who come short term, um, the person I went with the first time, Lynn, she goes there with teams uh, at least twice a year usually, and yeah. um, and so just that Jesus is being proclaimed it, even in the red light district, and some of them even are Christians, and um, it's just really difficult. You know, it's a work. You're always a work in progress, and that's their life that they know. And so yeah. as they get to know Jesus more, you know, He's the one who's changing their hearts and transforming them. Yeah. So, um, my next question is, what does like a typical 10-day trip look like for short-termers that come in? I know that it kind of changes yeah. each time, but can you give us like a little sample of what a 10-day trip would look like? Yeah, I will. Um, hmm. <laughs> it's, uh, I tell you guys, I just want to be honest. Every summer, I'm tempted just to create an experience for them. Like a touristy experience for them. I'm tempted because I was like, I want them to have a good time, you know, and I want them to enjoy Thailand. I want them to come back to Thailand. And so I'm tempted just to do all these touristy things. And every summer I struggle with that. And God always says, what did you do the first summer? And that was all I did was just, God, what are you doing? Help me to get involved. And so pretty much what the 10-day looks like is, you you know, I would pick up this team, try to do orientation right away to get them right on the same page. That's about an hour. And then pretty much I just invite them into this lifestyle. You know, and and I, I, the whole being flexible with the schedule. I have things planned. I'm planning like we're going to meet with students this day, this day, but always being open for interruptions. And so I try not to tell the teams like what we're going to do. Because I've learned that if I told them, hey, tomorrow we're going to do this, and all of a sudden there's a lot of interruptions, they get mad at me. So I just said, hey, let's just learn to walk with God and let Him lead us. You know? And so 
I just invite you into that kind of journey where you're meeting with college students, you're meeting with prostitutes. If God opens that door for us, um, yeah, we're just, we, we just, in a way, just follow the Holy Spirit's leading. And it's crazy some of the things that happened during that time. Things that I could have never planned. You know, like one of the times we were just planning to hang out with the students, but it didn't happen. Nobody was up for it. And so we had a night open. So we said, hey, let's just go eat at Rihanna's kind of restaurant to get some chicken satay. Yeah, we're eating there. And all of a sudden I was like, well, we're by Pat Pong. Let's just go in there. You have your bracelets. You guys walk around and just start praying. And just offering these bracelets to people. And it was such, I just saw the beauty of that. When I saw their team just rise up to the occasion. And then even though like some of them were, were freaking out, you know, but they're like, yeah, I'm gonna do this for God. And once they started, they just started growing in their boldness. And so after that, it was just amazing what God did through that. So, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty, a pretty amazing experience because the guys were really um, skeptical about going into the red light district as they should be, I think. And so they were afraid of that you know, not having the father's eyes or being tempted. And so they had just been praying all day and God just softened their heart and they decided that they were going to go in. And so we walked through, just kind of prayer walking through. We get to the end. I said, how are you guys feeling? What do you guys want to do? Do you guys want to do anything else? Or um, do you guys feel like you just want to keep praying? They're like, well, let's just keep praying. And so we walk back down the street and over to Patpong 2, but it's like two streets. So we walked through this alley to the other side, and I said, okay, now how are you guys feeling? What are you guys thinking? Um, and one of the girls said to me, she said, um, well, I really want to give bracelets, but I don't see any girls around. I just yeah. don't see the girls that you're talking about. They're not standing out or whatever like I thought they were going to be. And I was like, um, we were standing right outside this bar, and I was like, look inside this bar. Do you see all the girls sitting in this bar right here? She's like, yeah. And I was like, those are the girls. Um, and her eyes like open. And she was like, oh, like she thought that because they were just dressed like regular girls that were out at a bar hanging out. And so to her, that's what it was. But these are the girls that are being sold. And she was like, oh, well, dang, you know, kind of like, dang it. OK, well, I guess we have to do this then because I feel like God is telling us to do this. So we just started. And one of the other girls was like, I'm just going to stand here and pray. I can't do this. Um, it's too scary for me. I don't feel like God's calling me to do this at this point. I said, okay, that's fine. You just stand here and pray. You do what God's telling you to do. And as we went over, she just heard God tell her, go. It's time. And so all three of us were going, and then um, we talked to the guys a little bit, and they're like, we want to give the bracelets too. And um, because they wanted to be examples of men who are giving a gift and who want to love these girls, but not to get something back from them. And so then they also were able to minister to these women and tell them about Jesus and that he loves them and cares for them. And so it was really an amazing experience. And I saw the whole team really just grow. And then at the end of the experience, they're like, we need something to remember this. And so we all tied bracelets on each other's wrists and prayed for each other too. And it was just like this marking moment for everybody. And um, yeah, it was pretty fantastic. So um, can you uh, tell us a little bit about what you're doing in the States right now? Kind of why you're here, how long you're here, all that stuff. Uh, we came, because every two years we're supposed to come back for a Envision Leadership Conference. And that's in November. And so... As we're coming back, uh, my boss, 
just was just telling us that hey, um, we need to maybe think about fundraising because we're struggling financially. Because for the first year we were there with no partners, and so we we're just going in debt, trying to um, stay flow and just start something. And so he's like, hey, it's been about three, four years. Why don't you go on tour and just connect with churches and see if anybody wants to partner with you guys? I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and do that. And But to be honest, on paper, it looks like we're on a fundraising tour. But in my heart, I'm here to raise an army. God is doing something big. And I, I know we don't have much time, but I do want to say this. Just this summer... We just had a breakthrough into this campus. When I first started three years ago, people were telling me, Thai missionaries, Thai Christians, they were saying, this university that you go to, it's super hard. Nobody has ever broken through into this campus. Their hearts are so hard. Even top campus ministries, that's all they do is campus ministries, have gone into this campus and they left after three, four years because they said, we see no fruit. It's too hard. And so when my envision boss said, hey, I feel like God wants something to happen here. I was so discouraged. I was like, God, this task is too big. But God opened the door for this coffee shop and I just kept on going in. For six months, I saw no fruit. I sat in a coffee shop sometimes just by myself. I said, God, this is a waste of time. But He just said, remain faithful to these little things. And so as I kept on doing that, after three years, just this summer... This girl, who is, uh, she just graduated with her master's degree. She's a lawyer, and she's going to become a judge. All she has to do is take a test, and she, just, she becomes a judge, was led to Christ. It was amazing how that happened. It was through a worship song. Because she was, she was playing guitar, and I said, hey, why don't you come and play guitar for us sometime? She's like, okay. And, so she, and then all of a sudden, it dawned on me. I was like, can this girl play a worship song? She's not even a Christian. And I was like... She's not actually leading, but okay, we'll roll with it. All of a sudden, she started having dreams of this worship song. And through that, I was talking to her one night about... Um, she came and we were supposed to talk about the lost sheep. But through that Bible study, she couldn't be there. So we talked about it that morning. And she's like, I feel like I'm the lost sheep. And so I shared the gospel with her. And she came over and we had... she did it all right in our living room. She called the whole team over, the whole short-term team. We sat there. And we just, you know, it happened right there. Two weeks later, a political science student came to me and said, I'm ready. And he became a Christian and was baptized. And then uh, we blasted his photos on Facebook and his friend saw that and started asking him, hey, what is this Christianity thing all about? He led her to Christ just a couple days before we came to the States. And so God is opening the door. He's breaking through into this campus. He's creating access into this campus. Not by some gigantic ministry, but through a small denomination. Not because we're better than them. Honestly, like I tell you, we have no idea what we're doing. I'm just walking around, God, what are you doing? How do we get involved? And He's opening the door for us. And I look at that and I was like, man, if the lions, if we don't take hold of this, easily he could give it to someone else. And maybe it's just for a time like this that he's allowing us to be a part of what he's doing on this campus, to break through. And so, 
Yes, I'm here to raise an army, not funds. Funds always come. God's a provider. How that happens is up to him. I don't even care. You know. <laughs> but yeah. I know. We watched your Facebook as like each number kept rising. I'm like, they're oh, yeah. coming to the U.S. It's totally fine. Um, God's got them. But um, really quick, we just want to know, because we really do want to partner with you as yeah. a church. And we really want to, like, you know, join hands with you guys in Thailand. And we want to be a place that sends, sends short-term teams, you know, at least once a year to you guys. And so we would like to know just um, lastly, like, how can we partner with you? Do you have any take-home challenges for us? Just anything yeah. like that that you have for us? Yeah. Um, to partner with us, pray. Pray alongside with us. It's a spiritual battle. Pray with us. Um, you know, give if God puts it on your heart to give. And then come. Come experience God in that area. And join in His work. Um, so, But most importantly, pray. It is a spiritual battle. It is a battle. It's I can't say enough. And we need you guys to be praying with us. Uh, some takeaways I want to challenge you guys is to pray for a desire for the lost. And then secondly, just chase after God. You know, when you chase after God, you're fixed on knowing Him and loving Him. All this other stuff just happens. Just happens. If you're in love with God and this doesn't happen, <laughs> we have to double check things. But guys, just chase after God. It will happen. So, thank you guys. Blessings to you guys. And I love your vision. I'm excited for what God's doing here. Instantly when I came here, I felt like I was with my brothers and sisters. So, thank you so much for that blessing. Yeah, thank you, yeah. Tuli. Um, if I could have the ushers uh, come up at this time. We're just going to pray to God. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for what you're doing in this place. Thank you for the opportunities that we get to serve you, serve the world, God. Please open up our hearts to anything that you're saying to us, Lord. May we hear you clearly now as we um, just give to you, Lord, and also as we um, just worship you, Lord, in this place. May we feel your presence, and may we just be convicted in any way that we need to be, Lord, and um, put on our hearts what it is you would have us to do to partner with Thailand. In Jesus' name, amen.